0: Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us here at Super Talk. FM or wherever it is you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. Trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Diamond Head. That would be really weird. That's a they cool should name. one of those down on the coast, though. I mean, there's just... It's just booming down there, you know. Yeah. That's Bruloc, true. Brew so just writes itself, in my opinion. But or Pasca Bruna Brew or Brew I like Brula. Pasca Brula better. Pasca Brula is sounds a lot better. Yeah. There you go. So we'll see if that ever happens. But wherever you are in our great state, if you need to or wherever you are, anywhere. If you want to start your day with Strange Brew Coffee and you can't make it to Starkville or Tupelo, just order it online and have it shipped to your door. Whatever kind of uh, coffee machine sitting on your counter, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, that's the place to go. They have got you covered. And with the holidays coming up, if you've got a coffee lover, that's a great gift, a great stocking stuffer, is some Strange Brew Coffee. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else. You can only find it at College Corner. Check them out online, collegecornerstore.com, or you can shop at either of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. College Corner, the place to find the MSU merchandise you are looking for. Humble Taco remains Starville's best Mexican restaurant. It's Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It is Southern classics turned into me- Mexican favorites. I don't know how they do it. They're like magicians. I don't ask. I, don't, I, just, I just revel in the magic. And so shall you every time you go there? Go grab some great food, you know, nice cool weather. You know, this weekend especially. It's supposed to be I mean it's supposed to be super nice this weekend. Go out there, sit on the patio, watch some college football, and enjoy yourself at Humble Taco. Don't forget it is first responders month over at Firehouse Subs, which means when you place your order, you get the option to buy a medallion, dollar, five dollar, or twenty-five dollar. And all that money goes to support the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. That's the group that provides the money for the equipment, for the training that our first responders are using across this country. In Mississippi alone, they have raised over $800,000 since 2005. That's real money going into your communities just by ordering a sandwich. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Tupelo and Columbus, Flowood and Madison, that is Firehouse Subs. Robbie Falk, it is a Thursday. We are... One day closer to getting this Alabama game behind us <clears throat> and moving on for to other things. Uh, but we're going to talk some basketball a little later in the show as well. SEC Media Days for men's and women's hoops has been this week. Mississippi State picked up a commitment in men's basketball, so we'll talk a little hoops. But we will start with Alabama. Robbie, I, I hate to talk about like the keys to an upset, right? I think I feel like we're wasting our breath. Nobody outside of the either the most maroon and white glasses-wearing type person is going to come out and say, yeah, I think Mississippi State has a chance to beat Alabama. Nothing, nothing on paper says that. History doesn't tell you that. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work in my mind. But we can talk about how Mississippi State can compete with Alabama because I think that is a, something that they can do if they play a good game. Obviously, to me though, it starts with the offensive line because this Alabama team is still good at rushing the passer. Even you wouldn't know it from last weekend, but with Will Anderson and that crew and their and their, the the packages that Saban has come up with, especially against Mississippi State, I feel like the, this is the biggest challenge the offensive lines faced all year.
2: Yeah, and probably the uh, it's good. I mean. Yeah, well, you have Georgia left. Never mind. I was going to say this is going to be the last you know, real major challenge from a defensive – big mm-hmm. defensive line perspective, and then you remember you play them in yeah. three weeks. But... <laughs> yes, you see. So never mind. Uh, that completely ruins my entire uh, thought process there. But, yeah, I mean, this is one of those games, Brian. Like, it's so brutal when you know what the outcome's going to be. And I know there's going to be some people out there like, you never know. You never know what happens. If, if State wins this ball game, it's not going to be me that you're going to be, you know, complaining that I predicted this. It's going to be everybody that you're complaining about predicting Mississippi State to get blown out in this game because it's just it, it is what it is. Until it actually happens, that's what it's going to be. So, um, you know, it's just it's kind of brutal leading up to it, knowing what you what the result of of the game is going to be. But I, I'm kind of like you. I want to see improvements for Mississippi State against Alabama because, I mean, this Alabama team uh, is not, you know, the greatest of the greats. I don't think they're that much different than last year's team, though. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of the same players there. They do a lot of the same things. This Alabama defense has always been, you know, really talented. But the last few years, it's been trending for a while. They're not, you know, the most dominant defense that they've had. And there's not many defenses out there anymore that are going to be like, those you know early 2010 Alabama defenses that will hold you to three points. People can score against these teams now. State needs to show that they can do that same thing. State needs to take care of the football. They need to finish in the red zone like they usually do, and uh, they need to make some big plays. And That's kind of one of those things that remains to be seen in this series for, for State. They just don't do it very often. The teams that have, that have been able to score against Bama – Strangely enough, have been able to run the football. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that 2017 team, they ran the football. They could run the football against Alabama. State's probably going to be, likely going to be without Dylan Johnson. Mm -hmm. So, how do you get creative in running the football? Because I don't think that you can do like you did last week with Kentucky, like how that turned out, where you just ran the ball ten times. Right. I think that I think that's a 49 to six game if you do something like that. 49 to three. Yeah, If you come out there and you run the ball 10 times for 20 yards, you're, you don't have a chance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I think State's going to have to try to find a way to get creative, get establish a little bit of the running game, and get some one-on-one coverages from the defense, things like that, and, and hit Alabama when, when you can. I also mm-hmm. think they need to play with some tempo in this game. I, right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that there's any way that they can have success offensively if they're not trying to go fast.
0: When you look at Alabama a season ago, in SEC games only, these are their points allowed. 29 to Florida, 21 to Ole Miss, 41 to Texas A&M in a loss, 24 to Tennessee, 14 to LSU, 35 to Arkansas, 22 to, uh, to Auburn, and then 24 and 33 in the two games against Georgia. So everybody's getting into the end zone against this team, Except for Mississippi State, forty-nine to nine. Of course, the season ago is sort of, the, kind of the same thing. Alabama was a little bit better. Arkansas didn't score a touchdown on them. They gave up fewer points, but Ole Miss scored forty-eight. Georgia scored twenty-four. Texas A&M scored twenty-four. Tennessee scored seventeen. State was shut out. Kentucky only scored three. Auburn had thirteen. LSU had seventeen. Uh, Arkansas had three, and then Florida had forty-six in the SEC championship game. Obviously like I'm and of course, going back 19 for Missouri as well. So again, Mississippi State is the only team in the last two years who has not been able to score a touchdown on this Alabama team. What is it about this matchup in particular that makes it so difficult for Mississippi State or, or gives Alabama such a huge advantage? Uh, the, uh, I, your
2: guess is as good as mine on this. it really it, it's just It's been tough for Mississippi State across the board, no matter who the coach is there. But this offense, particularly, seems to be really ineffective against this defense. And I I think some of it is just, you know, it's in a lot of ways, a lot of it's predictable, and you're not going to be, you're not winning one on one battles with uh, those kind of players. It's very difficult for maybe the splits have something to do with it. Um, It's difficult to block their defensive linemen. I don't know. I mean, they're they're tough to run the ball against. Sometimes, most times, it's it's a phenomenon, and for whatever reason, state just cannot move the ball consistently or score on Alabama, and it's been that way uh, as we've been watching for the duration of Saban's tenure.
0: Mm-hmm. What would surprise you more? Well, I guess that's not the best way to put this. Where where do you feel like state has a better chance? Of slowing down Alabama's offense or of putting up points on Alabama's defense? Oh,
2: that's a really good question because I don't, I think, I I think it's going to be the offense, which feels strange to say after they gave up 50 whatever Mm -hmm. points. But I mean, do you, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have faith in either one of them, but I've seen State's defense slow them down offensively before. Mm-hmm. I, that, that's not anything that's been completely uncommon.
0: It's been tough to see them score and
2: put up yards against their
0: defense. When, when State, these past few years, it feels like whenever Alabama scores against them, it's always a big play. It's never a long drive and they end up punching it in from the one or the two. There's, it's always a 30, 40, 50-yard touchdown where there's a busted assignment, and it feels like if state could just you know be, play a little stronger mentally and not make those mistakes, that they would have some opportunities there. They also, I, I, I'm just thinking about the past few years, they haven't forced a ton of turnovers against Alabama. You go back to the uh, you know when state has had success against Alabama, it's because Alabama makes mistakes and state capitalizes on them. Alabama's always going to be more talented than Mississippi state top to bottom. but you know, I go back to eighteen. I remember that they picked. They had an interception in that game. It was was two. Was I think first pick of the year at that point. But beyond that, they just haven't been able to to get extra possessions. And then, of course, last year it was the the opposite. You couldn't get any turnovers. And then Will Rogers threw three interceptions uh, in this game. So you're right. I don't expect either unit to have success. But I think for me, the defense has an opportunity against this Alabama team, which they're still scoring a ton of points. But they don't have the playmakers in the passing game they've had in years past. And we're about to talk to Michael Casagrande. He talks about you know they don't have a Jamison Williams or a John Mechie. They certainly don't have a Jerry Judy or a Devonta Smith or a Calvin Ridley kind of player on this team. The receiver core is good, but it's nothing special this year. What's been great for them has been the running game, which up until last week I would have said, hey, I think State could maybe slow Jameer Gibbs down a little bit. Now I don't know that that's the case at all. So We'll see. Let's just go ahead and go to that interview. Let's talk to Michael Casagrande from AL.com. Uh, he joins us on the podcast as he has many times before to give his thoughts on this upcoming matchup. Joining me now on the podcast, our old friend from AL.com, Michael Casagrande. He's been covering the Crimson Tide for a long time out there. We don't talk very often after an Alabama loss, and and we, we were discussing this just a little bit before the before we, we we started up here, but how different is this week for you You know, in the middle of a regular season? I guess this is two years in a row now, but it's just weird when, it, when we're talking about Alabama coming off of a loss.
1: Yeah, I was going to say we 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 did talk last year the yeah. exact same scenario almost um, after Texas A and M beat Alabama and then uh, obviously Tennessee this past week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean the the fan base here is they they get they they get a little sideways when um, when there's some adversity that's not necessarily the norm at this point. So uh it's been it's been quite interesting i mean there were some clear issues coming out of that game um some clear clear issues that have been issues all season that that finally caught up to alabama and um yeah i think there are people just trying to figure out what's uh what the right direction is what's the you know what's the best case scenario for the season
0: oh i don't want to do the dynasty is dead talk because i don't believe that for one second but it does feel like this loss was different than last year. I felt like last year with A&M, there was a lot more of a fluky quality to that. Whereas with this one, Tennessee's a really good football team, and that's usually the games Alabama is up for and ready to play, and they just didn't look ready to play, despite the fact that they scored 49 points.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird because the structure, of the, the way the loss went was very similar to what happened last year at A&M, where A&M, took a 24-10 lead Tennessee made it took a 28-10 lead Alabama came back looked like they were in control they took a touchdown lead looked like they were going to do what they normally do and then Tennessee comes back ties it and then kicks a game-winning field goal as time expires I mean ex- almost exactly what happened at AM. so in that sense it, it followed some similar patterns but yeah I mean the, the way Saban talked about you said before the game you could see that they didn't have the same fire. They weren't chanting, I guess, like they normally do in the locker room or coming out of the locker room. And Will Anderson said there might have been some anxiety, um, and entering that environment. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting two years. I mean, it was it was kind of same similar type of situations last year with this team on the road and the, having the right mental approach to some of these games wasn't always there. Um, and that's a departure for 2020 was that championship team was as mentally solid as any, and, you know, dealing with tough circumstances uh, with the COVID here. So uh, it's, it's an interesting study. I, I'd like to to get, I wish we could have the access to get deeper into what exactly is going on within the locker room, but um, it's an interesting dynamic.
0: Well, for Alabama, Mississippi state has kind of been the salve that heals all wounds. The stat that was tweeted the other day that, uh, non-Iron Bowl losses for Alabama. There have been 10 regular season losses in the uh, the Saban era. Mississippi State has played Alabama after five of them. Obviously, they've lost all five. State hasn't scored a touchdown in Tuscaloosa since 2014. Uh, they've only scored a total of 16 points in the last four meetings. What is And this is in that same time frame, Michael. Everybody else in the West has either beaten Alabama or played a close game with them in the last two years. What is it about Alabama and Mississippi State that makes it such a difficult matchup for Mississippi State?
1: I don't know. I guess you could have said the same thing about Tennessee until uh, Saturday. So maybe, who knows? Maybe this is the year, right? I um, Michael Casagrande going way out on a limb. We'll see if he gets to the sports book. I mean, who, who? yeah, no, yeah, I'm good on that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. The, the defense, defensively, they seem to have always matched up well with this, with the air raid, with um, Mike Leach's offense. I don't think they haven't scored a touchdown since Mike yeah. Leach got there. No. Uh, shut out in 20 in a 9.3 field goal game a year ago. So I don't know if it's just the structure of the, it, it plays into Alabama's strengths. I guess I would have to get deeper into some X's and O's and get some, uh, some, somebody to break it down better than me um, that could explain if there's if there's a true matchup issue that, that kind of just plays right into Alabama's favor, um, kind of the antithesis of LSU 2020. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, it's a good question. This particular Alabama team, I, I don't know what
0: what it is, but they they seem mentally less sharp than any other Alabama team I've seen before. The penalties sort of speak for themselves, but they just seem to make mistakes, even in games they're winning, that you don't normally see Alabama teams. You know, you talk to Saban all the time. You talk you talk to the players. You know, did you get the vibe that there's just something off about this particular Alabama team?
1: I mean, I got the feeling that there was something a little bit off last year, to be honest. Um, and I, it, there was the impression, or at least the the preseason, the the way they were talking, they felt like it it was better that they had found new leadership within the locker room. That it was a a relatively young team last year, and this team is is more experienced. So it's. Um, yeah it's it's kind of caught a lot of people off off guard that this was supposed to be last year was supposed to be the hiccup in a sense and this was going to be the year that they have all, a lot of the the stars aligning in, in terms of Heisman trophy winning quarterback all american outside linebacker defense was going to have more experience they were going to have fewer uh of these breakdowns that that got them in georgia um texas a and you know it, they gave up the most points since 1907 on saturday so maybe tennessee is just the greatest you know a lot of people are saying tennessee has that 2019 lsu kind of feel with their offense um and it is a outstanding offense so yeah i mean i'm just talking words right now i don't know where i am but yeah it's uh, there's a lot going on and it's a it's a defense it's, it's a team that that needs to find where they are uh i think this time last year they were kind of in the wilderness, and they turn it around to the point where they beat Georgia pretty handily in that SEC championship game. So, I guess they're kind of staying at a crossroad where you you can go one way, you can go left or right, and uh, I guess we'll find out a little bit where that's headed on Saturday.
0: The thing we've been saying about Mississippi State this week is that you know you don't expect to beat Alabama, obviously, but to be able to to do like those other teams in the West—Ole Miss, Arkansas, LSU, and Auburn—even though they haven't beaten Alabama in the last two years. Have played competitive games with Alabama. Do you look at this Mississippi State team and say that's a team that can take a game into the fourth quarter with Alabama?
1: I'm going to be very honest with you, Brian, and say that I haven't done a whole lot of research on Mississippi State mm-hmm. at this point in the week. It's been so much of uh, the Tennessee uh, obituary uh, yeah. after effect of that. Um, I, I haven't seen just organically much of Mississippi State play this season just through our schedule. So, um, but I mean, they've got an experienced quarterback. That's always you know, there's usually a checklist of things that need to happen to beat Alabama and having an experienced quarterback is one. I mean, Hendon Hooker is like twenty-four. Yeah. Very experienced. So Will Rogers has got that. Um, if if they can they can expose some of the weaknesses that the Tennessee did in the secondary, um, you know, nothing's impossible.
0: We always ask, you know, we do this on our Friday uh, preview show, and we always I try to ask whenever we have our beat rider on from the other side. we we do a thing called an X factor, a guy who, you know, in the game, he's not going to be the offensive player of the game. I'm not looking for Bryce Young or Jameer Gibbs, but who's somebody on this Alabama team that you could see making a big play in this game. That that could be a difference maker.
1: That's a great question because other than Jameer Gibbs, I mean, that's part of the problem is there isn't that one guy. There isn't the Jamison Williams, the John Mechie uh, from a year ago, who could be your home run hitter. Um, They've had different guys step up in different moments, but the, you know, if you look at the receiving numbers, they're all, they're like five guys packed together at the same level, you know, maybe 300 yards for the top receiver for this team, two, seven games. So there's, there isn't that, that breakout guy. I mean, Cameron, Latou tight end had some very big catches a week ago at Tennessee. Um, But they're not going to, he's not going to be like that guy who's going to overwhelm, you know, it, they don't have that receiver who's just going to blow your doors off Um and that's kind of the surprise, uh, you know, the, there's the X factor of Tyler Harrell uh, that he's hasn't played all season. The uh, transfer from Louisville track speed, very, you know, average, like almost 30 yards of catch last year. Hasn't played all season. as Saban about today. And it sounds like he's, he could be available. He was available against Tennessee. So, you know, maybe Tyler Harrell, um, he could be the guy that everyone's been waiting to see all season.
0: Is there maybe a defensive guy that they, we should keep an eye on? outside of will anderson obviously yeah
1: <laughs> i mean the other outside linebackers dallas turner chris Braswell. if they can they can get that sheet of package in where they have three outside linebackers um three guys standing up uh two on one side one on the other uh th- that was the only time they got where he got to hooker on saturday uh they really abused texas a and M. I i think 12 quarterback hurries mm-hmm. a couple sacks um so yeah the, the outside linebacker group just as an, in as a Collective. Um, you know, if, if you spend too much time on Will Anderson, there are two other guys, two other five star recruits coming off the other edge. So,
0: we'll, we'll see know, what yeah. happens. Alabama, Mississippi State, Saturday night, Bryant and Denny Stadium. Mike, always appreciate your time, man. Have a good one.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. All
0: right. Thanks to Michael. Always appreciate his time. D- do you agree with what, what one of the questions that I asked him? I said, I felt like, you know, they lost a game a season ago to Texas AM. And then, of course, they lose this one. I felt like this loss, not trying to say that the dynasty's dead or that Alabama's in any real trouble, but this loss felt different than last year. I felt like last year was sort of a fluke. But this year, I feel like maybe not a passing, a changing of the guard or anything like that, but it did feel like Tennessee was just better than Alabama was.
2: Yeah, I mean, we both none of us expected A&M to be in that game. Right. Last year, because State had just beaten them. Mm-hmm. We thought it was going to be a, a blowout. You know, no, he, he had not had a single assistant of his beat him to that point. Is that right? Correct. Until Jimbo. So none of us thought that A&M could win that game. You and I both picked Tennessee in that game. Like, this is the first time in a while I've just felt like somebody's better than Alabama. And um, it's kind of crazy. Like, this just, this doesn't feel like the, Alabama program that we've seen for so many years. There's still a lot of great players, but they've just been kind of like an untouchable force. Mm-hmm. Even the, even when they lose a game or two in a season, they've still felt like, you know, those games felt like flukes. Yeah. But now this is a team that you look at and like, they're actually, you know, they're beatable, mm-hmm. which is it's kind of depressing whenever you think about states still, you still don't feel like
0: they can right. win that well, game. I mean... But that, How different is our conversation, Robbie, if State had won last weekend? Where we would we be talking legitimately about they could go over there and find a way?
2: It's just the fact that State now in two road games has looked completely inept on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. And, and defense has really kind of disappointed too. I mean, it's kind of a realization of you know, State's not a good team on the road. And when there's a defense that has really talented players on it that schemes it up well, this offense just really – Struggles to make plays, um, and it's it, it's like it it. We we talked about the the Air Raid being kind of a ball control offense, mm-hmm. but it has the ability of being a uh, an offense that is not a ball control offense, an offense that that hits big plays, mm-hmm. that runs on tempo. There's just so much inconsistency in that regard. I mean, the, uh, think about the other day. I mean, there was like one or two possessions where it looked like they were trying to run fast. Yeah, and The rest of the game was just slowed down to a crawl. And against defenses that can get set and get in position. They have the guys there to, to defend. I mean, I, don't, I just don't think that it really works good that way. And that's kind of what you expect coming into this game. I mean, I, I have no faith right now that this offense is going to be able to scheme it up and execute against a defense like that
0: and have success. There were some uh... – <sighs> There was a, th- a thread today on uh, on twenty four seven where they talked about the running game and how I mean it's just obvious that state plays better and Mike Leach's teams have played better when they run the football more. You mentioned Dylan Johnson being out. I almost feel like I'm, I'm almost kind of setting myself up for the fact that they're not going to run the football a lot this week, that they're going to. They're really going to just stick to the passing game. Mean, it's going to look a lot like it did last week. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just
2: I, I don't I don't know what I don't know what you do. I mean, especially without Dylan Johnson for Mississippi State, I don't know what you do offensively uh, to to kind of rectify that. And then, um, you know, for for State too, I mean, Will Rogers and um, the offensive line are they gonna be on the same page if if Laquinstan Sharp's out. That's another thing to think about. And and again learned, just like I said I
1: was talking about
2: Okay. Well thank you for that. All right then. Um I, I wouldn't play Laquinston Sharp this week if he's, you know, not a hundred percent. So I mean this there's there's really not a a whole lot of um hope, I guess, <laughs> on the offensive side. I mean I I hate to be this doom and gloom, but I mean I, like what have we seen?
0: You know? Right. No, you're right. You're right. And and it's just difficult. You know, you you like I said it would have been so different if state had won this game last weekend. If they had been able to uh to to find a way to beat Kentucky, then we would be talking about a team, you know, Hey, Alabama's got to be down a little bit. They're going to be, you know, they're they they're, they're going to have a chance to to go in there and do something. It, it's just not the case, though. It's just not the case, unfortunately. So, we'll obviously preview this a lot more tomorrow. But,
2: and on, on top of that, too, I mean, how many times have you seen Alabama come out and just play back to back terrible games? Right, and it, and I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean they they put up forty something points last week on the When's road. The last and time Alabama around? lost two in a row. Oh, it's been, a, it's been a long time. Yes, I, I bet I know when it was. Go ahead and, and talk. It might, it. it might have been – it had to have been early in, in
0: Saban's tenure. It's going to be – hold on. Is I it going to be, can, a, is it it be like
2: 08, 09? It's 2013.
0: No, 09. 2013. It was they lost the Iron Bowl in the kick six, and then they lost the Sugar Bowl. Okay, that makes sense. And, and State
2: That's played time. them really well that year too.
0: Twenty thirteen they did. When um, in a game where, you know, Dak wasn't playing and Tyler Russell got hurt and Damian Williams had to finish that one up and they only that, lost by been 13. The,
2: that was probably the second
0: the second most impressive defensive performance they've had against them.
2: The first was that twenty eighteen game. Yeah. When they had that loaded roster. I mean the, every like everybody on that offense was
0: They held NFL. they held them to the lowest point total they had that year, twenty eighteen. They
2: had they had Tua, they had Waddle,
0: mm-hmm. uh Well, they had that whole group. They had Devonta Smith and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. Uh, Uh, The running back would have been uh, Najee Harris, and and, uh, I think Damian Harris was still there. I mean, yeah, yeah, all those guys. So yeah,
2: and and State did a great job. But that—that's the thing. I mean, it's impossible to to imagine them having back to back games like that, right? And like I said, I mean, we're talking about a game that they trailed by like three touchdowns on the road. Yeah. and still had, a, still had a chance to win yeah. at Tennessee against a team that we're arguing could be the number one team in the country.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, it's tough to even say that's a bad game, Bob. Right. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner this weekend. If you're looking to cook out, for again, great weather is supposed to be on the, on the docket this weekend. Not too cold, nice and crisp outside, good fall weather. I would definitely think you want to be cooking out. And if you're doing that, you need to get some beef, get some steaks, some burgers on the grill. But if you know, if it's a little chilly outside and you do want to stay in, maybe it's time for a big pot of chili, a big pot of spaghetti and meatballs, man, something like that. Whatever you're looking to cook, you want to put beef on the menu. So check that out. Head to your grocery stores and get some red meat, get some beef and enjoy your weekend. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Good stuff every time out, and it's always a great time whenever you're at Two Brothers. Having a good time, having a great place to watch college football with great food, great atmosphere. It's just a Starkville icon, and it's a place you want to go. So head over there this weekend, head to Two Brothers in the heart of the Cotton District for some smoked Southern Soul Food. Great products, great service. Every business offers it. Advantage Business Systems delivers it. 47 years. That's the proof that's in the pudding that they have been doing good by their customers. So when you need copiers, printers, computers, laptops, whatever it is, call Advantage Business Systems. And then when you need service, chances are you're talking to the same guy who made you the sale. You're not calling a call center overseas. You're not talking to an out-of-state contractor and setting up an appointment. You're talking of Mississippians just like you. Number 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Tired of living the three-stripe life? Time to shop at The Rogue. Head over to The Rogue and check out their collegiate collection. Some of the best-looking quarter zips and polos I've ever seen. Maroon, white, and simple. Not nothing nothing, you know, with these logos taking up the whole shirt. Understated logos, great quality products, and fantastic looking shirts. They've got the logos you want to. They've got the M, walking uh, the walking bully, the M over S, the script state. Don't have to live with the banner M any longer if you don't want to. Head over to the Rogue and Jackson, shop at the Check them out on Instagram, the Rogue JXN. Leave the three-stripe life behind because we're going to go shop at the Rogue. All right, let's uh, let's hey, play. Did all. you see oh, the? Go ahead, go ahead,
2: go ahead. I, I was just gonna say that they just released the the new class of the
0: Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. I have not seen. Uh, let's see who who they are bringing in. John Mangum, I see him. Of course, I Mangum Paul Maholm, Paul Maholm,
2: very nice. Carol Ross, who was at I think Kirk from Kirk Academy. Yeah, then went to coach at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss coaching legend Patrick Sertain, great player at U.S.M. How about Tony Rossetti, a skeet-shooting a, a skeet shooting Hall of Famer?
0: Cool. Don't know anything about him, but good for him. Me neither. I, that's Lewis the first Tillman, I've... what a great football player he was for Jackson State back in the day. Yep. And Jeff Harrod from Ole Miss, linebacker, played a long time in the NFL. So good class. Good class for sure. All right, let me play the song. Creeping, cruting, 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 creeping, All
1: right,
0: a little men's basketball talk here. Adrian Myers commits to Mississippi State. But Robbie, we're just going to be kind of kind of obvious about this class. It's. I don't know if you want to say underwhelming, but there's not really a big-time star in it. You've got a three-star kid in Ga- Guy Choyle who, who's, you know, big kid, seven-footer. And then you've got a couple of JUCO, or I guess, I, I don't know if the military academy is a JUCO or a high school, if it's a second-year thing or what. But they're all unrated right this second. Chris Jans, I believe, is going to be a good recruiter for Mississippi State. But this this first year, he's, he's trying to get his feet underneath him, it looks like.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, it's... It's kind of a wait and see on this, which, you know, some of this, we got to do a better job uh, ranking players. I, I think Paul was given an given a, um, explanation one time by some evaluator that they don't rank junior college kids, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. But uh, whatever. That, that's part of the problem. And you look at it and you see three unranked players, well, mm. that's, that's going to look bad. That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't reflect anything on those players. I don't think that's really fair. So um, you know that's 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 kind of a, a problem as well, but uh, I really like you know Lorenzo Fort. I think he has a chance to be really good and volume
0: big time scorer in JUCO yep. for sure.
2: Yeah, but it's it's still kind of a you know wait and see type thing, and you know State's probably going to have to hit a couple out of the portal too. Mm-hmm. It's just I trust Chris Jans. I think that he's a a really good coach and he has a plan, mm-hmm. but. Right now, I mean, there's just there's it's hard to get super excited about about all this because there's none of these guys are name players, none of them are going to jump off the page at you. So it's just it's one of those things you just have to wait and see how it happens.
0: Yeah, this team uh, SEC media day is going on down there in uh, in Birmingham. Uh, predicted ninth, I believe in the or tenth. I'm sorry, in the SEC on the men's side, and was it tenth also on the women's side? Is that correct? They were eighth on the women's side. Eighth on the women's side. You think that the, I think I think that you think that's going to be a little higher when season ends, come. I'm a lot higher on on stage women than a, a lot
2: of people. I think I had them fifth, maybe mm-hmm. fourth or fifth.
0: But eighth is still a spot where if you if you finish eighth in the SEC, you got a great chance to be in the NCAA yeah. tournament.
2: I, I've just seen this roster. I've seen what they've added, and I like it. I I thought last year they could have been even better than they were just with one other player. You Mm -hmm. know, if they would have had Jessica Carter, that's a top half of the league team last year. And that was a team that was kind of, you know, in flux with the coaching situation. They didn't have a whole lot of size. This team's added three or four bigs, um, including Jessica Carter, who was already with the team. But Mm -hmm. from last year, they've added three or four bigs, and they've added some good pieces, too, to fill in some depth. So, I mean, I – I think that this team is going to be very good. I think people just aren't sure. And that's fair to rank them, you know, towards the bottom of the league. I think that's completely fair. They haven't had success the last two years. They've had uh, three different coaches. So it's fair to be, to be skeptical. I just being close around the team, I think they're going to be better
0: than that. The men's side, I think that's probably a pretty fair guesstimate of where this team's going to be. I, I I think the team will be playing a lot better. I think they're, the brand of basketball they'll play will be a lot more fan-friendly. Um, but from a talent perspective, I like Tolu Smith. I think he, or Tolu Smith, I think he's a, a good player. But they just don't have a lot of options around him that I know of. Now, granted, one of these transfers could come out of nowhere and become a 15, 16-point-per-game score. But unless that happens, this is a team that's just, I feel like they're going to struggle to score points. And that's what the game is about, you know. Long term, yeah, I got uh, I got a lot of faith in Chris Chance. I think he'll figure it out, and he'll have this program go in the right direction. But this season, I think it's going to be a, a struggle for Mississippi State. I don't think there's any question about that in my mind.
2: Yeah, if they were returning some other pieces that they had lost, if, they, if Molinar were here, yeah, I mean, because the guys that they returned outside of Tolu Smith are kind of your gritty defensive guys, Mm -hmm. you know, DJ Jeffries, he can score a little bit, but he's kind of a hit or miss
0: when it comes to that. That's kind.
2: Shaquille Moore, I mean, he'll disappear from time to time. Cam Matthews. I mean, these are guys that everybody that returned is kind of just like, you know, they play their role. It's not Mm -hmm. – there aren't many guys that can go out there and fill it up. So I think you're going to be relying heavily on Tolu Smith. And then you need some of these other guys to step up. I mean, Eric Reed was impressive um, as a shooter.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You need him to step up. Um, Deshaun Davis, it kind of looks like he's going to be kind of a defensive guy, too. So there's just not a whole lot of guys when you look at the roster and you say, this guy can go out there and get 20 a night. right? That's what they're kind of missing there.
0: Yeah. You're missing Molinard. You're missing DJ Stewart. You're missing... You know, somebody like that that you could trust to get points, can get out on the perimeter and create their own shot. State doesn't have that doesn't, doesn't have that guy that we know of right this second. Could somebody, one of these guys, step up and be that guy? Sure. Absolutely they could. But until you see it, you, you have to sort of wait on it a, a little bit. All right. Tomorrow's show, uh, we will be doing the three Ps, Mississippi State-Alabama. Uh, big game for Mississippi State. Can they possibly find a way to compete with the Crimson Tide? We'll talk about that a lot more in depth. Tomorrow. Till then, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.